All right, then. I see how uh, it I'm, is. I'm, yes, I'll be fully here for the next show. <laughs> Fine. Uh, it's okay. I was planning on phoning it in anyway. Oh. <laughs> well, that's good. Hello and welcome to Rhythm Encounter episode 54, the RPG Fan Music Podcast. If you're new to the show, well, welcome. We were on hiatus for a while, but we're getting back into a... Oh God, I'm sorry. We're getting back into a rhythm of the show now. So if you haven't checked it out yet, please check out our previous episodes. We have an episode about uh, Yasunari Mitsuda. We have an Undertale episode, a workout episode. So it's been uh, it's been fun coming back to the show, and I hope people have been enjoying us back on a regular schedule. As you might have noticed from the title, today we're here talking about relaxing music because, you know, it might be a good time to listen to some relaxing music these days. So it's it's been a much requested topic from the staff. In fact, we had too many people that wanted to do this episode, so we're actually splitting it into two episodes. So today is our first part, and then in a couple weeks or so, we'll have part two. So anyway... What I did not do yet is introduce myself. So I am Mike Salbato. I'm editor-in-chief of RPG Fan, and I don't actually know what my title is on Rhythm Encounter. Can I also be editor-in-chief on Rhythm Encounter? Hey, you're in charge. You can call yourself whatever you want. Exactly. Okay. We'll listen to you, whatever you say. Host, okay, yeah. editor-in-chief, Grand Poobah, it's all you. Grand Maestro. The Grand Maestro. Ooh, oh, I just, like that. How about just Maestro? Maestro. <laughs> I'm your Maestro. <laughs> all right all right we're gonna start this all over again and that's how i'll introduce myself <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding um so with me today i have two other big music fans on the site so we have alana Hags. hello and jonathan logan good morning everyone or afternoon wherever you are yes or good evening even good evening to this at night Perfect thing to listen to just before you hit the sack. Just nice, relaxing music. Exactly. All right, so we're talking about relaxing music today. So we have each of us brought two songs from several different games and series over the years. Um, I'm actually really interested in getting some of your guys' picks because there's some good stuff there. There's one I have not listened to in a very, very long time. So I'm excited about that. We're actually starting up with actually one of my choices. I forget when this came out. I think it was it was this summer, July or August or something like that. But um, there was a, a pretty new album called Square Enix. Oh, shoot. What is the full thing? thing? Square Enix Chill Out Arrangement Tracks Around 80s Mix. <laughs> I think it was it's mostly Square games from the 80s, but I think they wanted to get a couple songs from like 1990, 1991. So they just said, well, it's around the 80s. So that's good enough. The NES and, era. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's it's a fun title. So I chose the town theme from the very first Saga game from 1989. Um, I know some people here have mixed feelings about Saga. <laughs> uh, but but I, I hope we can still enjoy this song. Uh, um, and speaking of Jono, what is your uh, second track here? My second track is uh, actually probably my... Uh... It was my favorite song when I was a kid for from Final Fantasy. It's uh, 
seen uh, scene seven, Final Fantasy II's Rebel theme from the Symphonic Suite Final Fantasy album. Great. All right. So we're going to go listen to Town Theme and Scene 7 and come back with our commentary.
I don't know how I keep bringing Saga songs on here since I've only actually played Saga Frontier and a little bit of Saga Frontier 2. Because since Rhythm Encounter came back, I've now brought on two. But, you know, that's how it works out. Um, there's actually a lot of really good songs on this album, but th there's something about this one. that The melodies of a lot of the early Saga games just really adapt well, I think, to different types of music. Um, and I've, I've been listening to this album so much over the last couple of months. So I, I knew that when we were talking about doing this episode that something on this album had to be here. And amongst early Final Fantasy and some other stuff, I, I landed on Saga. Yeah, they teased this album a few months ago, didn't they? They dropped a couple of singles and I, the first thing I did immediately was like download them and was like, this is exactly what I needed. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So I, I like this one a lot because the the main melody... I think it's the most interesting part to me because it, it kind of comes and goes during the song and each time it comes back it's a slightly different instrument so it it kind of gives it some uh, some energy and some variation but it doesn't actually break the mood like it's still relaxing throughout even though they change instruments a few times i also like it i don't actually know for sure if it's meant to be like rain or kind of like staticky like record scratchy stuff at the end but i'm gonna say it's rain so I, why there's a little bit of rain in the last like 30 seconds, I don't know. But given how often I listen to like game music with rain sounds on YouTube, uh, it actually worked pretty well for me. <laughs> I mean, lo-fi tends to use the record scratch bit anyway, but I think I'd agree with you because like when I listened to this the first time, I didn't know it was a saga game. I just went in blind. I was like, all right, let's just go and see if we recognize any of them. And I did a few of them, but this one like feels like it would play on like a summer day. And I think what I really like about it is that you get, as well as the like really soft piano and the flute and the drum beat in the background, you also get some like normal noises. So you get like, there's kids running around. You can hear them run laughing. There's dog barking. There's, um, there's like crickets and birds chirping as well. So it feels like one of those like hazy summer days where you're there with like a, you know, there's as a kid and you're having fun, but like not in like an over energetic way. It's just kind of like you're out for a picnic or something. You're like, oh, that's great. Yeah, I agree. The soundscape really does uh, boost the song, I think, because it really creates a sense of place. And uh, the fact that there is rain at the end of it just makes sense for me. It's yeah, just, it's part of yeah. the soundscape that's inside the song. Yeah, I think so. And I think, Mike, you mentioned like it gives like, this music um, instruments that give it a bit of energy. Like the one thing that stuck out to me is that, yes, it is relaxing, but it's like very floaty. Like it's very much like, you know, when you're like so happy you're on cloud nine kind of thing. This is kind of the so happy that I'm blissfully unaware of anything else going on in my life right now. Like I'm just chilled out. I'm happy i'm content i just want to be in this mindset for the rest of my life like sitting here listening to this and just in a really generally good mood and i think like how flighty and how like upbeat the um, instruments all come together to make this really nice positive sounding song it makes you feel good about yourself which you know is nice yeah no that's a great way of putting it you're basically saying that it makes you feel the way i feel when i play final fantasy 14 pretty much yes. yeah I, yes. 14 can't be relaxing all the time though can it not relaxing but just like in a, a it just puts me in a good headspace i'm like yes i'm just going to focus on this i'm content i'm enjoying this a nice flow space right. yes yeah. exactly 
Right, yeah. And I think that's like really interesting about everyone's picks on here is like, we've all gone for relaxing, but it feels like we've all gone for a different flavor of relaxing. So like you say that this puts you in a good headspace. And I guess most of these do. I think this is probably the best example of it on the playlist, whereas some other ones that we'll get to later on, I think touch on some different like moods that you can listen to while you're relaxing, but you're not necessarily like in a good headspace, let's say. <laughs> What I find interesting about all of the pieces, actually, we'll get to this, but it's uh, it's that it really gives me a, it, it, I've learned quite a bit about both of you based on your songs, because although every song in this list is relaxing, you're right, there are relaxing in different ways, and it's just interesting to see what causes someone to, like, chill and just calm down and relax, and what type of music does that. Please don't psychoanalyze me. <laughs> we don't not have right time now. Alana we don't have time <laughs> you do not have time to psychoanalyze me I promise you <laughs> yeah and I think oh she both... turned that around on you <laughs> Mike I um, think that both of your tracks are really upbeat actually um, so which does not surprise me knowing what I know about you um, but yeah back to this one um, I think the one instrument I really like is the harp that comes in and one word I wrote down was like, again, to go with the flightiness of it, it's pretty ethereal. Like, this is not, it, this sounds really, it's like, it stays to the source material. Like I listened to the Final Fantasy uh, Legend or um, version beforehand, just to familiarize myself with it. And it's like a really like ethereal interpretation of it. Like you're in a place basked in sunlight and just enjoying the relaxation of this little town. I've always felt that the measure of an arranger, especially of Final Fantasy music, or any really game music, is how they adapt a song from the 1980s, especially like a song for Game Boy, because mm -hmm. it's it's a 30 second little loop of music, and that's all they had the room for. And that an arranger can take that 30 second little snippet of music and then expand it into a full like four minute song, essentially, with that there's a soundscape in it, and it takes you through a number of instruments and variations upon the themes from that 30 seconds it's really fascinating i think this is a great example of that how you can take a very simple little musical phrase basically and then expand it into something that uh is much i guess not not greater but i guess just longer yeah longer and then just the the variety and everything that comes into play and expanding a song that it is you're right it's very impressive yeah finding complexity i mean the songs from final fantasy the early final fantasy saga basically everything from the early nes and game boy eras they're designed to be earworms all of them because they had such a limited amount of time which is one of the reasons i think that they have uh there's still so much love for them until this day i don't think it's just nostalgia i think it's their ridiculously catchy tunes and it's nice to hear arrangements because then you get to hear uh, increasing complexity based on these really simple songs. Exactly. Yeah. So speaking of arrangements of early Final Fantasy games. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Rebels theme from Final Fantasy 2. Or I guess Suite 7 from the Symphonic, uh, from the Final Fantasy Symphonic Suite. Um, yeah. Like I said earlier, this was one of my favorite tracks when I was a kid. I This was... Ooh, I hope I'm not going to get arrested for this. This was one of the first Final Fantasy tracks I ever downloaded from Napster. Uh, when I was oh no, <laughs> I know. Oh yeah, I because back in those days, internet was so slow that I the, my exposure to Final Fantasy music outside of the games that I play, I, there, I had a I bookmarked a, a MIDI site 
and I would just download like basically really crappy middies of the game. So, but uh, and then I, I started downloading a few of the albums, and I never could find all of the parts of this album on Napster. But I found this was my favorite one. It was the closing track, and I always found it to be a wonderful mixture of both uh, relaxing and grand and sweeping. It was I, I just loved it. The entire album was great, but this this track specifically spoke to me. And as I grew up, it, it stuck with me, and I still had it. And what it eventually became, the reason why I included it in this uh, in this episode is not just because I find it relaxing. It's because this was my this was always the last song on my relaxing playlists. Because when I was in theater school, we would occasionally have like I don't know lunch or 20 minute breaks and I was always so exhausted there that whenever I could get some sleep I would so I I put together a Final Fantasy symphonic playlist for it was about 20 20 minutes and this would always be the last track on it because then at the very end it starts picking up and starts getting grander and grander so it would kind of take me from relaxing to pushing me out of, off the couch and get back to class oh that's a really interesting thing to do actually um but yeah, it has got a really nice relaxing quality to it. And I think it sounds really romantic. And interestingly enough, like one of the things I wrote down, I didn't actually look at the track list for the album and I have listened to the whole album before. Um, so I didn't realize it was the last track. Um, I felt that it was really nice. It's like this kind of, you know, when you're relaxing and you feel good about it and not that you want to celebrate, but it's kind of celebratory, I guess. Um, it does feel like credits music. Like, and I know that Rebel Army is not a piece of credits music. I think it plays pretty early on in Final Fantasy II, if I remember yeah. rightly. Um, but yeah, like it, it does rise and swell, like kind of halfway through the song. And I don't think it ever loses that tone. It's like, you know, after you've done something really good and you want to just chill out, but you also want to like celebrate that. I feel like this is a really good encapsulation of that just because it's got that kind of triumphant, romantic, noble tone to it. Um, and I think you could probably hear this at a wedding, I think. This is, I really, really love this arrangement of this song. And like, again, Rebel Army is probably one of my favorite tracks in Final Fantasy II as well. And it's interesting, we have a block of a saga game and a game that basically inspired saga or where the director of the game um, went on to make saga as well yeah the proto saga the proto saga yeah uh, but yeah it's a really beautiful piece and like i think it's proof that you don't always need like because mike and i i think have quite a similar taste in relaxing music um but you don't always need like that kind of chilled out uh, i'm trying to think of the right word for it but like this is like natural orchestration and as opposed to like synth music or I'm generalizing a little bit. Um, I know what you mean. But yeah. yeah, this is like parlor music almost. Like it's not exactly, but it's a really nice way of closing out something. Yeah, when I when I picked that I I immediately had the thought there are some people who might not find this particularly relaxing, especially not the ending. But the way I was looking at the episode, it's songs that we individually find relaxing. And for me, this song is like a key part of my my chill out kind of playlist. Yeah. Sorry, Mike, we've kind of stolen the show from you a little bit. No, I mean, th this was his song. He should be talking about it a lot. I almost wish I knew that that was why you put it on here. I might have actually closed the show with it. But I, th I thought it was good to have our, our square picks together, too. So I think you're right. Yeah. 
No, it's 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 good. I've I haven't listened to this album in so long. I think this is I don't think it's the first Final Fantasy like arrangement or non soundtrack I bought, but it might be one of the earliest. Oh you bought it. Ooh. Yeah. Um No Napster oh, for you. I think. I don't know. <laughs> I think I have a disc somewhere. I don't know. Maybe I just listened to it online. I bought it years later, but I have an odd feeling that the the MP3 that I have on my computer might actually be the original one I got from like 2000 and, or 1998 or something like that. Oh, it's wow. Pre- it... Oh, no, it's not. I, no, I, I got, no, I, I ripped it again. Never mind. Oh, okay. I, I remember I, I ripped it again because otherwise it would be like radio quality. Just right. Napster quality. Yeah, Napster quality. Back when MP3s were like a megabyte. <laughs> right. And then you probably have something in the comments like, you know, ripped by some incomprehensible screen name. Hmm. Yeah. Them's were the days. Yep. But yeah, I, I have not heard this album in so long. Um, I don't know if I can say a whole lot more about the music that's better than what you guys said, because I do have a bunch of notes about the orchestrations and easy listening, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you pretty much already covered that. What you did not talk about, which I wanted to cover, uh, I didn't realize until I was putting my notes together for this, but this album has been reprinted several times. So the 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 cover art on the one we were listening to is the one I'm familiar with. And I looked that up and that was reprinted in like sometime in the 90s. But the original album came out in 1989 which really impresses me because wow. I don't think it occurred to me that they were doing orchestral albums for Final Fantasy that early. Because the track li- the track list is just Final Fantasy 1 and 2. Like, I think that's... Is that before Final Fantasy 3 even came out? I think Final Fantasy 3 was 1989 or 1990. Yeah, so it's actually fascinating to me because today, like, we're used to this. Like, we're used to orchestra albums or live performances and, you know, all the things that kind of what we talked about for the first track that how things get arranged and adapted to different formats but i don't think i really realized that they were they put something out like this so early on they knew what they had here with this music and that's that's impressive to me i always thought it was at least somewhere in like the mid 90s or later when it came out yeah actually it's really interesting because when i was when I, i picked this song i was doing some research on the album and uh uh on um uh, the Final Fantasy Wiki, they have a translation of the liner notes. And one of the things in it is specifically saying, uh, where is it? I really think that if you stop if you stop thinking of this orchestra as game music, you can enjoy it even more. And that's something that I think, I might be wrong, I'm not Japanese, but that's something that the Japanese uh, got a lot sooner than we did. But now I think we do too, where game music is a legitimate, a very legitimate form of uh, music and even classical in some cases, but I think it's really interesting. This is one of the first albums that arranged Final Fantasy music. Because of that, they needed to set the stage. As in, don't just think of this as game music. Don't think of this as game music. Think about it as a full orchestral uh, sound. Right. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, think about uh, considering that most people, their exposure to this would have been Final Fantasy 1 and 2 just like very basic NES sound hard MIDI kind of sounds. It must have been a mind-blowing to hear these full orchestral arrangements of these tunes. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I can't even imagine way back then. Yeah, and I mean, I also think it does something that what we were talking about with your pick, which is 
you know, take a very short little earworm that was composed for a NES game and then expand it with repetitions on a theme and, you know, various, instru various instruments and make it into something that is considerably grander uh, and more complex than it originally was. And I think this is a pretty good example of that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I liked what Alana said that you said it sounded kind of like uh, credits music in some games. And I immediately thought of like Final Fantasy VI's ending, which is kind of what this yes. does remind me of. Mm. Yeah. But more importantly was the, the wedding thing. So I need now to find some friends that are getting married and suggest that they play the Rebel <laughs> Army's theme at a wedding and see how that goes. <laughs> Play that and play um, Odd Days from uh, Grandia 2. Those are like my two video game songs I would play at a wedding and probably two Stanacand as well. Whatever. There you go. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, if I'm having any game song played at my wedding, it's going to be 24 Hours Cinderella from Yakuza. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I'm out of the loop here. I don't know that one. Okay. I'll look it up after this. I'll send you the link. It's uh, kind of amazing. Okay. All right. Great. All right, well, I don't have a good segue between that and this next song, but so for our second block of music, we actually have two watery type songs, and the first one of those is one of yours, Alana. Yeah, it is, and I thought I was being really good, because I thought I was jumping the gun a little bit and picking a track from CrossCode, which is a 2018 action RPG that just got ported to Switch this year, um, and other consoles, uh, so... But actually, obviously, Marcus Gaspar, a former music editor, you know, the king of music, I suppose, had already beaten me to the gun uh, 20, 30 episodes ago, almost. Uh, but today's track is Temple of the Lake uh, by Dennis Akbalut, and it's very different to anything we've had so far. So I hope you enjoy it. And I believe the other track, Mike, it's your second pick. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll... Save most commentary for after, but the Tangle Deep soundtrack has been a, a fixture on my, my personal relaxing playlist for quite a while, so I, I knew pretty early on that I was going to have to bring it on here somewhere. So I have Riverstone Reprieve from the Tangle Deep soundtrack. So let's go and listen to those, and then we'll have some commentary after.
Temple of the Lake is a really interesting track in CrossCode. I think the, um, I think that it might be worth giving a little bit of context. Um, Johnny probably already knows this because he's one of the only other people I know who've played this game. Yeah, and recently too. Um, so, yeah. Um, so the temples in CrossCode, they're all elemental basically, and Temple of the Lake is the water temple with quotes around it. So it's not, it's underwater, but interestingly enough the water element in cross code is not water based it is wave based as in sound waves um and i think that's reflected really really well in this piece of music because we were having a little chat between before um this part this section and um mike quite rightly pointed out that it reminded him of chronopolis from chrono cross and yeah there's plenty of that in this track and a lot of the reason i love it and find it really relaxing is I mean, kind of two things. Like, there's two things I love about music that helps me chill out, zone out, and is probably reflected in both pieces of music I've picked today. Um, one is anything that echoes. I love music that echoes in the background. I love it when it sounds like it's reverberating or bouncing off the walls or fading out. And I also love it when there's, like, repetition or a back and forth. Like... I love a lot of Mitsuda's music because of the, you know, bells that just ring back and forth or you've got, you know, Scala's theme from Chrono Trigger that plays the same kind of back and forth every time. And it kind of helps me get into a bit of a rhythm. Um, but 
This track as well reminds me of a couple of games I played as a kid and a couple of my favourite PlayStation 1 platformers. So there's a level, <laughs> this is probably showing my youth as well. Um, there's Aquaria Towers in Spyro 2, which is an underwater level, and it has the same sort of echoey sound that plays throughout this track. And there's also Untamed Heart, which is the music from Vision 6 1 in Klonoa Door to Phantom Isle. Um, and it again has that back and forth, that kind of rhythmic echoing in the background. And I know Dennis Akbalut is a big fan of um, Klonoa, so I think this piece is inspired by it a little bit. Um, but I'm probably putting words into his mouth anyway. Um, but yeah, like there's just so many different components that make this really chill and focused for me like it's just the humming in the background the kind of it kind of ripples like water to me and i just it's a relaxing track that kind of gets me in the zone more than anything else so this is like something i'll put on if i want to get some work done or if i'm going for a walk and don't really want to think too much about it um anything um and it's interesting because many of the temples in CrossCode are races. So you go in with friends and they all disappear because it's an MMO. Of course, there are instances and you have to race to see who can beat the temple the fastest. And most of the music for the temples is pretty upbeat and pretty like determined. But this is not. It's definitely more of the, you know, wind yourself in, get ready, breathe. And it helped me do this temple. And this is the temple i did the best in essentially um but yeah this piece of music's just stuck with me ever since i played crosscode a couple of years ago and it's been like a mainstay um so yeah you mean you didn't just ace the ice temple the first time nope <laughs> no way yeah i i think this is a great tune too what i really think is kind of cool what you said about how there you know there are elements that are bouncing back and forth and uh uh because it's the, I guess, the wave dungeon, which basically that's the kind of... The music in this particular dungeon really does reflect the theme of it and uh, makes me feel very much like it, 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 fits the, it fits the dungeon very, very well. And I mean, um, I think almost every track in Chrono... Uh, Chrono... Uh, in CrossCode uh, is very, very well written and really fits the area that it's in. But this one especially, I have no idea how to pronounce the name of the temple. Sonaji? The Sonaji Temple? I think so. Sonaji's Temple or Sonaji, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a really nice track. It's cool. It's I don't know. I mean, this is what I this is what I came back to. It's really interesting to see what people find relaxing. For me, this is there's so much going on in this track uh, that it's it starts stimulating thoughts for me. So I don't. It's not the kind of song I would listen to if I wanted to zone out, but it is the kind of thing that I would want to listen to if I was wanting to study or something like that. Yeah, definitely. Which is a different kind of relaxing. Yeah, I find it pretty relaxing. I, I I think I can't get over the Chronopolis thing that Alana mentioned, but it's not a bad thing at all. No, there's something about Chronopolis that is really hypnotic, I suppose. Yeah, it's interesting, like not knowing fully the setting the way you guys do. I do get this sense of kind of like a sense of mystery and maybe like some foreboding to it. I don't know. I don't know if the, the temple feels foreboding at all, but th there's something about, I don't know if it's just the song or if it's that thing, that, that sound we keep talking about and just kind of the way it flows around, like kind of goes between like the left and the right channels a little bit. It's interesting. It, it, 
makes me feel something, but I'm not I'm entirely sure what it is. <laughs> so I, I think I'm a little bit like Donna where it's not not relaxing, but yeah, I would definitely listen to it while working or something like that. But that's kind of like what you said you do anyway. Like you play it on walks and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Like I tend to listen to relaxing music either if I want to zone out or if I want to get work done because it helps me focus. Like this is a track that I can focus to, but I find it really chill as well. Like it's not going to, you know, I'm not going to sit here and listen to, I don't know, I can't think of like a heavy metal, Blue Dragon or something, like the boss music from that. I can't necessarily get writing done to eternity or something from guilty year this is something that i would definitely focus put on my playlist yeah one of the things i love about the music from crosscode is and this is very much the meta nature of the game uh whenever you go into a temple and especially this temple it kind of gives an air of like what mystery and history and like deep a deep sense of lore and I think mm -hmm. it's just hysterically funny that these temples are built by game designers and people who want to play an MMO and they're this song that is so deep was, I mean, this is just how I interpret it. All the music in this game, in my mind, is being heard by the players of the game too. Right, yeah. Because, oh god, I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. yeah, because they're playing an MMO, right? So there is music to them. Yeah. They're probably hearing it in the background because that deepens the emotion. It's, that music's a key part of an MMO. So whenever I hear a song in the game, that's what I think my that's what I think Leah is also listening to. And that's what I think is funny about all the temples is there's this deep sense of mystery in it. But I'm once removed from it as the person playing the person playing the MMO. And I'm like, someone wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> I think the other thing, the other thing I learned from this is that I, I probably should listen to both of you and a few other people that have told me to one, play the game and two, at least get the soundtrack. Oh yeah, you should definitely at least do two. I think you'd really like CrossCode. It's like Zelda meets Secret of Mana meets Ease. So, yeah. Two things I love. <laughs> That's true, yeah. You have not played it much Ease, have you? Um, not much. I've played one and a half of them, but I do like them a lot. Just, you know, need to find time to play more. Yeah, me too. That's basically the constant struggle. I need more time to play. Yep. So... Speaking of games I have not played a ton, but do enjoy the time I've spent with them, is Tangle Deep. Um, I don't really know what even drew me to the game, because I don't usually play a lot of, like, roguelike, dungeon crawler, whatever. Um, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and has this soundtrack that's mostly done by Zircon, or Andrew Iversa, whatever you want to call him. But he, he started out going by Zircon. I mean, st he still uses it, too. But, yeah, I, I said a little bit before we played the music, but I've always had, for a long time now, like, a chill or some kind of relaxing playlist just on my, for myself. And a few years ago, I just decided to, like, dump it and start over again. And one of the first things I put on there was the Tangle Deep soundtrack. Uh, most of the Tangle Deep soundtrack. Because there's a particular song that, would always come up that I would always forget to remove. And there's this casino song in Tangle Deep, which is the complete opposite of relaxing. Um, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I mean, no disrespect to Grant Kirkhope, um, who apparently popped in just to make this one song in this game. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, if you're going to disrespect Grant Kirkhope, we're going to have a falling out here, definitely. Oh, what? No, I got nothing against them. It just, good. you don't, you 
can't really relax to his like super upbeat casino song from Tangled Leaf. It just doesn't <laughs> work. Um, but that aside, a lot of the soundtrack kind of has a relaxing feel, but not, I don't think any of them as much as this. And I think that's probably by design because, you know, you get yourself ready in town and you go into your dungeons. And I think it's important that the town theme kind of has this really chill, like, hey, you know, you're home here, you're safe, and things aren't going to, like, eat your face here as they were doing in that forest or in that cave. So a lot of the soundtrack has has this, it's not all foresty, despite, like, the name and a lot of, the, like, the visuals you see are foresty, but there's a mystery quality to a lot of the songs of kind of like, hey, like, I'm going to go explore this place. Like, how deep can I go? It's this, I don't know how to describe a mysterious forest sound, even though, like, most RPGs have that somewhere. Um, but that's what I get in a lot of the songs. And it's a little bit in this, but mostly this one's just more happy and laid back. And it's like, hey, you know, you're home now. Like, relax, go raise the monsters or whatever else you want to do in town. So right, it's yeah. it's just a good it's a good break from your dungeon life in the game. <laughs> I think so. Um, yeah, I think you ca captured it pretty well. And like this sounds, you know, how, like some roguelikes or dungeon crawlers can have music that's more foreboding or like at least kind of sets you up for what might be really dangerous. And this feels more like a roguelike for people who enjoy experiencing a childlike wonder kind of exploration yes, style. Like yes. there's something about piano notes like these i think about halfway through the song there's like these single piano notes like it's just one flick of one key and it's just it's almost like a sparkle or something like shiny like almost like you see something shiny and you're like oh my god that's amazing and it's still like wonder can be a really like nice chill thing because it's just again it's like capturing that kind of happy peaceful moment and it's interesting that this is like the the base or the hub area music because it it does really like i wouldn't expect to be going dungeon crawling in like a kind of dark area or you know just as you would go dungeon crawling like that immediate the word dungeon crawling kind of puts fear into my heart but this is like a really gentle easy song to kind of ease you into the process of going to as you said raise monsters or go plunder some treasure or go get deeper into the woods um yeah when you say like forest mysterious forest music as well like the first thing i always think of is shadow forest from chrono cross again um there's something really ethereal and magical about that but that's foreboding and this is totally different to that kind of wonder um yeah it makes me smile this track i like it a lot well i'm glad i think you got it right like have you played the game at all or no? No, I haven't. No, I, I think that's a really good insight then. The wonder and it's just a different tone than you usually expect from roguelikes and dungeon crawlers, which I think fits the game in general. So I, I, it's good to hear that that comes out, like even if you only know the music. I find it very interesting that you chose two town themes as your relaxing songs. And that makes complete sense because when I was listening to both of them, although they are very, very different tracks, it, uh, I started reflecting on many other town themes from other RPGs and what the function of those town themes uh, is. And it's just like what you said, uh, you know, you are in you are in the field or in the forest or somewhere and the music is very exciting and there's battle music. But then when you go into a town, the purpose of the music is to make you feel safe. There's no monsters. There's there's lots of friendly NPCs around. There's an inn, there's items. 
it's an oasis from all the danger around you. And the music, both this song and the first one, uh, the the chill town theme, uh, both do that beautifully. It just it makes you feel safe and relaxed, and there's no danger here. I can hang out. I can do what I need to. And that's I think that's really an interesting uh, an interesting segment of relaxation. You know, I didn't realize that I picked two town themes when I picked them. <laughs> I wasn't really planning on it. I just knew that I wanted something from these two albums, but maybe that says something about me. Kind of like you've been saying, like how this kind of gives us some insight into each other and what makes us relax. So I guess town themes make me relax. Yeah, and they're supposed to. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Most of the time. Most of the time, unless you're coming into a town that's been destroyed by airships or something. Yeah, but yeah. how often does that happen in an RPG? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Not that often. No. To be fair, I do have some other picks because I, not to spoil anything for episode 55, but the intent was because I'm on both, I was going to bring one song on each, but it kind of messed up our our structure of the show. So I have two on each. So I do have some non-town themes on the other episode once we get to that one. Which I just guess doesn't help you guys today. But I think one of my other favorite things of relaxing is coffee. So mm. I was very happy that both of you picked some, well, coffee songs. Uh, <laughs> so, of course, I had to group our coffee songs in the third block here. Um, so our first one is by Alana. Yeah, so this is from another really recent game, actually, kind of accidentally. Um, so this is Sudrise in Limbo from Necrobarista, which is a kind of visual novel uh, type game. Uh, this is by Kevin Penkin and Jeremy Lin, and it's a beautiful song, so I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, and Jono's got our other coffee pick today. Yes, my coffee pick is Godot, The Fragrance of Dark Coffee. It's from a jazz. It's from a jazz uh, arrangement album of Ace Attorney. Oh, and they are both good stuff. Okay, I'm gonna go refill my coffee, and then we're gonna go listen to these songs.
Um, so, yeah. You say this is the coffee block, but I'm also going to make a point and say this might be the sadder block of the three blocks we have, considering Jono's pick as well. But to go with Necrobarista to um, start off with, uh, there's a quote in this game. It's really early on, and it always sticks with me when I listen to this song. And um, it's said by Che, I think, who is the former owner of the terminal, which is the coffee shop or the coffee bar that is uh, the star of Necrobarista, shall we say. And he says this to Maddie, who is the current owner and arguably the main character. And she's really down. Like, some you can tell that there's something up with her. And Che says to her, is this an I'm actually fine fine? Or a more of a I'm having trouble processing and or expressing my feelings and would like the conversation to move in a different direction fine? And I think that kind of fits in really well with this song because yes I've picked it for a relaxing music track but Necrobarista is a game about confronting and accepting death um like Necrobarista the coffee shop the terminal is literally the it's like a period it's a place where when people die they have 24 hours left before they leave and uh, I guess officially die I'm explaining the premise of the game extremely poorly but you know, can you imagine going into a coffee shop and realising that you're dead and that not many living people can see you and then you've got 24 hours to process that you've died and you've got all this, you've got 24 hours to sit here and drink coffee and talk to people that you don't know. Like, you can't go reconcile with your loved ones. You can't go and talk to them. You can't, you've got to come to terms with it on your own with these people you don't know. And um, I think Sunrise in Limbo is... It's, it goes through some motions because I think really what grounds it is the bass humming in the background like it gives us this kind of earthy tone and it gives it a kind of like a down-to-earth tone but also a sad tone and I think this song is something I listen to when I want to relax after I've had a bad day and kind of reflect on stuff and it tends to play in a lot of those scenes in Necrobarista where the characters are either coming to terms with death or coming to terms with morality or coming to terms with their problems and again that quote that Chase says you know is this an I'm actually fine fine it's Maddie like dealing with a lot of stuff like she's just recently taken over the terminal and She's got all of this weight on her shoulders that you don't quite know about yet. And she's really struggling to keep it in and she doesn't want to let anybody else in. But she's doing it in a way that like she's closing off um, and she's just trying to come to terms with it herself. I think the piano as well gives it a really nice flick and a really nice, like I, as I said, it goes through the motions and I think like it mostly is kind of contemplative and reflective, but I also think there are moments where there's a little bit of hope, like, oh, what if this happens? Or, oh, you know, death isn't so bad, and maybe I can stay somehow, um, maybe I can do this, and maybe I can make amends, and I think that the whole soundtrack really relents itself to this, there's some really light, fun music, but also a lot of the music is very, very much a kind of, it's a meditation, and I don't think relaxing is always it's not always positive positive is the wrong word for it but it's not always an act of i don't know i can't think of the right tone for it but like sometimes i relax to take everything in 
I just need a moment to myself in a room with some music or not and I just need to go right you've had a really bad day there's a lot to do what is it try and figure it out for yourself put it in compartmentalize it or whatever put it into a list or an order and this is the kind of music I would probably picture doing this to like trying to come to terms with why I felt this way why I want to do things this way and why I feel the way that I do um I, I spend a lot of time being um, introspective unfortunately um and this is kind of kind of the yeah it is relaxing definitely but I think it's got a bit of an undertone to it that I think a lot of music I listen to does unfortunately but I think it's a really beautiful song really I don't think introspection is uh is a, a necessarily a bad thing I think it's a no. it's a good thing most it's, it, a lot of people can't do it yeah it's a different kind of relaxing to some of the other songs but it's you're still trying to like decompress and relax and figure out like what's going on in your head right. so it still works just you're right it's a different way than some of the other ones today yeah decompress is the right word for it yeah i find it interesting because the song isn't necessarily melancholy but maybe it's the title and the concept of the game but the, it kind of broadcasts a little bit of a sense of melancholy to me when i was listening to it yeah there's some like i think it's it, there's something heavy about it i think than a lot of other tracks in that game i remember when i was talking to zach about it on uh, random in like 200 years ago back in august um, it was he he said that it was one of the most cinematic games that he's ever played yep. and the mute this song specifically it does sound like it could be in a film it could be under it could be underscoring in a film and uh like this does all the music in the game kind of have this i guess cinematic feel uh to a degree yeah i definitely think it's more on the visual side of things and i think the soundtrack is pretty it kind of falls mostly into that easy listening category. Like, I think it all suits the mood. Not like, not unlike what you would um, actually find in a coffee shop. Some of it, yeah. Some of it, I would agree. Yeah. Um. But again, actually, to bring up that cinematic thing, there's again another shot that I really remember with this track, and it's of Shay and Maddie. Just literally, the camera zooms out, and all you can see is the bar, the two stories of it, because there's a staircase next to the bar. Maddie and Shay are at the bar, slumped over it, kind of just thinking, and the whole of the rest of the screen is dark. Like, the terminal is a fairly... It's a fairly musty, like, you know, like an industrial coffee shop that's really cool. Um, it, it, they, every shot and every, like, song in this game really just captures the whole mood so perfectly in every, every corner of the game. Oh, I'm looking at a, I'm looking at a photo of the coffee shop right now. Uh, on oh, it's beautiful. Uh, RPGfan.com. Oh, yeah. The, the image section, if anyone's looking for it, it's the third one in the gallery. Yeah, it is based on a real coffee shop as well in Melbourne. So It's a cool place. It looks like a cool place anyway. Yeah, it's my favourite kind of coffee shop. It reminds me of one that we have in town here that is like partially wooden and you can see like all the metallic beams and the pipework and the ceiling and it's great. Oh, yeah. It's, so it's it's basically just like the one that um, I used to go to when I was living in California. Yes, I know the one you mean. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Yeah, same thing. Like just big and open. It's like it it is literally in an industrial park, and they just have like corrugated metal and like some rough wood and yeah, it's a it's a good 
good atmosphere. So I could picture this song playing there, for that matter, to <laughs> sort of tie in my random story to this episode. Um, I don't have much context for the game because I think I'm about an hour, an hour and a half into it. So I've probably heard the song. I've definitely heard that line you talked about, though. So that line did get to me. So I, yeah, I don't think yeah. I connect it with the game yet in terms of it being sad. So I didn't pick up a ton of that. Um, I think I got more without the game context. I got more of just the downbeat part of it. So I still like it, but I guess for different reasons than you. Um, the piano, especially, I'm, I'm liking a lot in this song. I'm not sure how much that comes into the other music in the game. Uh, there's a few tracks, definitely. Um, the title music, and I think it's called... I can't remember what it's called, actually. I won't try and remember it. Um, that's got a really, really sombre piano tone to it. And I almost picked that song as well. But yeah, I think this had like the more of the mix of like the downbeat, but also a little bit of hope flickered in in the middle of it. I do like how it slows down towards the end as well. Like You can feel... The weight almost lifting off of the characters maybe as they pass or as they kind of accept their situation yeah mm. yeah yeah i haven't played the game and i've just heard about it but it seems there is a i mean there is a sense of melancholy but it also seems there's a sense of hope like this is a place where people come to terms mm -hmm. with what happened to them um whereas i actually if I imagine Limbo as a coffee shop, like it's a bit more depressing. It's like there's a guy in the corner who's forever not working on his screenplay and people who just have cold coffee everywhere who just are sitting there. It's a very <laughs> depressing image, but this game does not look depressing at all. It's actually quite gorgeous. It handles it really well. There's a really lovely balance between, I think it's actually maybe one of the funniest games I've ever played. Like there's such a light hearted tone to the humor and it feels so real and conversational and like so many and i don't know if this is because i'm british um because australia uses a lot of british slang and or we use each other slang a little bit like so much of the humor hit me really hard like it made me love everybody in that coffee shop and everyone who came in and out but it also made the some of the other bits hit really hard for me um it really does balance that kind of you know melancholy but also the beauty of everything like it's just such it's such an incredibly beautiful game in every way shape and form and i really really highly recommend it like it's just it's great like the soundtrack is fantastic as well and um if you know kevin penkin's work and um, he worked on an award-winning anime which i can't remember the name of uh he also did the soundtrack to florence which is so beautiful it's such a good soundtrack so he is extremely good at what he does yep <laughs> you know who else is good at what he does phoenix wright Hey. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Well, eventually. Eventually he comes through. Eventually. I mean, it's the phase. It's the phase, really. Yeah, eventually it? he turns it around. Um, yeah, so I guess my last my last pick, which is also somewhat coffee-based, is Godot, The Fragrance of Dark Coffee. And it's specifically a jazz arrangement of this tune, which makes sense because it's a very jazzy tune. So if I have you guys... Alana, you've played Ace Attorney, but have you, Mike? Um, I I kind of got stuck on the second game. Ah, okay. Um, I'm on. I played the first one. I can't remember. Is it the first one or the second one? Because I have it on um, 3ds, and they added like a DLC thing that kind of ties one of the games into the other ones. 
And it like the gameplay is totally different from the rest of the game. I God. don't know what you're talking about. Oh. No. Great. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to check. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I can't remember if it was in the first game. It's something in the trilogy, and it has like some gameplay elements that come in later on. Oh, yes. Uh, and... Rise from the Ashes, the fifth case on Ace Attorney 1. Oh. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it threw me off a little bit. So, anyway, I, I know the first game, and I've started the second one, at least. Yeah. Um, I mean, people have a lot of opinions about the Ace Attorney trilogy, which one's the best, which one's the worst. But, I mean, I think that all three prosecutors are pretty damn amazing, and then Godot's the prosecutor in the third game. And he is... Um, he's a little bit extra uh, with... Uh, and has this absolute obsession with coffee. Uh, like most of his quotes in the game are just reflection, like musings on coffee. Like uh, I'm just looking at his, probably his most popular one is blacker than a moonless night, hotter and more bitter than hell itself. That is coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is bitter, bitter drink music, isn't it? Like jazz is the epitome of like, get a bourbon or a whiskey or a coffee and sit down and just, you know, get a cigar out or something and just, I don't know, recline back into your velvet chair or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love Godot so much. I'm interested because you say it Godot and I did not know there were two ways of pronouncing it. There's <laughs> I'm the Beckett way. There's the way. Beckett way. Well, I mean, it, it might be either. We don't, we've never actually heard them say Godot or Gado. Um, I don't know. Everyone says waiting for Godot here unless they're in theater and then they kind of put an emphasis on the guy and then it just sounds a little bit pretentious. And I say that as someone who went to theater school and is kind of pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably the best piece, just on a related note, probably the one of the most interesting pieces of theater I've ever seen in my entire life was at the Toronto Fringe Festival five or actually maybe, oh God, might be 10 years ago now. And uh, these two actors, amazing guys, they did uh, Waiting for Godot non-stop for i think it was 48 hours so they would just do act one act two act one act two act one act two non-stop oh yeah and uh they would have different they would have like different actors uh like celebrity actors come in and play the other parts uh occasionally throughout the sh like throughout every every time they uh do a round and it was i was there when they finished and it was amazing the two of them were like no sleep they get like they had like a little five minute intermission between each act, and that was it. So by the they looked like they ran a forty eight hour marathon by the end of it. It was it was amazing, and like every single word that came out of their mouths, just about how sad they were and how frustrated they were waiting for him. It really started ringing true at the forty eight hour mark. Oh god, yeah, that does sound like the perfect culmination of the Samuel Beckett's play. Yeah, it was actually. called uh, the Godot Variations, or I'll look it up. Um, anyway, yeah, just, just a related thing. That's impressive. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very impressive. But, uh, it has nothing to do with Ace Attorney. It has nothing to do with Ace Attorney, but it is, uh, it was an amazing experience. Yeah, I bet. Anyway. So, yeah, that's okay. Anyway, Jazz. Jazz. Yeah, um... I mean, the game, the character of Godot is probably the, he's probably the coolest of the prosecutors. He's, he's a very, well, he's like really snappy dressed, has this weird visor on. We don't know why, um, but constantly just has a coffee in his hand. And like at occasional parts of the game, he'll just be sitting at the, 
at the bench and a coffee will slide across the bench like a like a bartender just flung it at him and he'll just grab it and drink it. It's it's pretty great. All right. Well, if nothing else, you've convinced me that I need to get back to the games and get to you said the third game? It's the third game, yeah. The Godot okay, Cycles. Yeah. That was it, well, that's what it was called. The Godot Cycles. I see. Uh... Anyway. Um, yes. Yeah, and I I think this particular arrangement is just awesome. Because again, I mean, it's a it's originally a Game Boy Advanced game, so the they were somewhat limited by the uh, the length of the music and everything. So it's it's again, it's an earworm. But what they do with this specifically in terms of variation on the theme is amazing, and that's what jazz is. So it's a perfect example of that. The entire album is it's great, um, but this song specifically just really rings true with the theme of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking oh, at um, Pat. Of course, Pat reviewed this <laughs> for RPG Fan. <laughs> so I was looking at that earlier today, and he actually was talking in there a little bit about how this type of jazz isn't even what he usually goes for, but he liked it so much, and I think he sat down and listened to the album like 30 times in, in writing his review. So I'm going to say that's a pretty positive impression. Oh, I, I want to check out the rest of the album now. It's a pretty cool. There's this. There's um, this. There's one that's a. It's an orchestra album that's kind of like a companion piece, and then there are a number of like live orchestra albums. But this one's unique and it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah, I do love the jazz arrange albums they do for video games. Um, some of the Final Fantasy ones haven't always hit right for me, but this is a really good song. And actually, like Godot's theme in general is pretty chill like even in game and i think almost like the saga theme we had at the beginning of the um, episode like it really is a really fantastic arrangement and interpretation of the song because it's so it's so true to it but also it's got its own like it's got its own suaveness to it and like i'm not gonna go into spoilers but uh Godot's a pretty tragic character and it's it kind of captures that world weary sense of melancholy and like he's been through some stuff and like you can tell you can tell just listening to this song that it's quite heavy again and i mean it's definitely a bit more upbeat than my pick and definitely a bit more like you can just it's more of a switch off song i'd say um but yeah i think <laughs> koto has been through some stuff and you can tell from this song a little bit at least from my experience but again i've got the context of the game so mm. No, I agree 100%. I mean, yeah. the, the facade that he puts up throughout the entire game is is impressive, just being like this cool guy. And then occasionally you see cracks uh, mm -hmm. in the facade as the game continues yeah. by, until by the end of it, where it, I mean, I'm not going to, everyone knows there's a, there's a breakdown at the end of the game. That's Ace Attorney. Uh, and then it, I, it's, it's pretty awesome the way the character, there's a, there's a great animation where he just loses it and throws a cup of coffee at at uh, Phoenix right and there's just some uh, there's just an animation of Phoenix with like coffee all over his face blinking <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty good um this is probably my go-to jazz though I think as well as like acid jazz which is the absolute opposite end of the spectrum to this <laughs> um this is very soulful and like soulful music music that makes you feel something is always something i really enjoy and this kind of slow jazz that i could just again like 
I'll drink my coffee to it. I had coffee before this. Um, unfortunately, I did put milk in it because that's how I generally take it. Mm. Um, sorry, Godot. Um, what we're gonna but... say? What's the? I, I'm gonna find a quote, but yeah, keep going. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's something really, like, again, it's a little bit introspective and it's a little bit soft and a little bit just, yeah, willow away the days and. Just grab your bourbon and relax after our long day of prosecuting and doing other things. A single drop of milk is all it takes to destroy the pure black magic in the cup. <laughs> well, not for me. <laughs> yeah. No, no. We, we, we won't let them know what we do to, do to our coffees. <laughs> I wonder how he would feel about oat milk. Oh, Probably he would throw his coffee straight at you. <laughs> Why would he waste it? He always has more. Right? No, that, that's say, true. That's true. It's the Indiana Jones hat theory. Yeah, it's great because <laughs> immediately after he throws the coffee at Phoenix, another coffee slides across the prosecutor's bench and he just drinks it. Oh, man. I love him. You know, the last time I got asked if I could have any superpower, what would you have? I think I made the wrong choice. I think it needs to be that. I think I want that to be my power where I can just summon <laughs> coffee. Me too. Yes. And like in the coolest way possible too. Not like it just appears in your hand. It's got to slide across whatever table you're at. Yes. Like the bartender exactly. just pulling it at you. Yep. Yeah. All right. I like it. I'm going to go work on that. <laughs> Before I do though, we do have a bonus track, which someone here brought today. So I guess we should close out with that. Except I'm talking about that too soon. No, yes. Yes, I am talking about that too soon. I have a whole outro that I have to talk about, don't I? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So that was Relaxing Music Part 1, which we will come up with a better name by the time this publishes. But, yeah. Thank you both for being here today. I think we got some really, really good songs on here. Uh, my pleasure. I hope people enjoy it as much as I did. Oh, yeah. 100%. It's lovely. And uh, please don't psychoanalyze me again. Let's just close out with that. <laughs> okay okay no more psychoanalyzing alana um so this was episode 54 uh, episode 55 coming next maybe in two weeks if i can get it before that we might do it a week after this will be part two of our relaxing music because we just had too much that we could not fit it on a single episode um, so if you want to let us know what you thought about this you can email us at music at rpgfan.com if you're not listening to this on the website right now, if you go and view the post on RPG Fan, you can find the entire track list. And the way we're doing track lists on Rhythm Encounter now, we have links to our reviews, we have links to VGMDB, and then any major sites that you can either buy or stream any of these albums so you can support the artists. Um, that's always a good thing to do. So check out our track list there so you can find ways to listen to this. Be sure to keep off Napster. Yes. Please. No Napster, no Kazaa. We will not have links to those. Oh, God. We're really dating ourselves here. I know. Yes. <laughs> um, so, again, if you want to contact the show, that's music at rpgfan.com. If you want to reach me, the best way for me is probably mike at rpgfan.com. Um, I lurk in Discord, which you might see me sometimes, but otherwise, email is best. Um, if people want to email or talk to you guys, what's the best way? Ah. Uh 
So for me, probably Twitter. I am at Alana Higgs if you're not already following me. Uh, it'd be great to see you on there. Uh, I also lurk on the Discord. I'm mostly in the podcast channel. So if you want to hit me up there, I am Alana. Uh, if you do want to email instead, though, my email address is alanah at rpgfan.com. And uh, if you're wanting to email me, mine is jlogan at rpgfan.com. Uh, I am on Twitter at John O. Logan. And uh, if you want to hear me, you can hear me every two weeks as uh, one of the hosts of Random Encounter. Oh, yes. I guess we should talk about the other shows, too. So I, if you enjoyed this show, then you should continue coming back and listen to the Rhythm Encounter and do not listen to our other podcasts at all. That That's how I'm supposed to do that, right? That's right, yes. yeah. I'm on too many retro at the moment, so I definitely well, advise that's... that. Oh, wait. No, that's true. Alana's on a lot of retros, so listen to every retro encounter that Alana is on. <sighs> now, to be fair, I talk smack about you all the time at the end of a random episode. That's like our usual outro. Okay. Well, I guess that's fair. <laughs> I gotta be I gotta be honest though, it's really, really cool to be able to say at the end of a random episode, and you can listen to Rhythm Encounter, new episodes. Instead of instead of Greg's constant, and uh, you can listen to our backlog that's been there for like five years. I know, I know. I'm very even though this is the fourth one we've recorded now, I'm still really excited that we're doing the show again. It's really cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, so, like jokes aside, like we also have two other podcasts that I do recommend you listen to. We have our general RPG and gaming podcast, Random Encounter, and then we have Retro Encounter, which is some retro games and some just other stuff in between. But it's always a good time. Random Encounter is bi-weekly and Retro Encounter comes out every week on Thursdays or Fridays. So be sure to check them out too. Um, if you enjoyed this episode... And you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. We would appreciate that. Um, a review and subscription, you know, helps boost us there and get the word out and gets more people listening. You know, tell your friends, tell your mom, like tell whoever you want. <laughs> so we're going to close out now, as we usually do with a bonus track. So who here has our bonus track and what do you have for us Ooh, today? I do. So uh, I was trying to figure out. I was going through my, you know, relaxing playlist, and I the most recent thing in my relaxing playlist is this tune. I think it is an amazing album. A few months ago, uh, the Chrono Orchestral Arrangement uh, disc came out, and they were orchestral arrangements of Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross. But there was a special disc that came with the set, and they are piano duet versions of the Chrono Cross theme, the Chrono Trigger theme, Girl with Stars in Her Eyes. Is that the name of the track? Star Stealing Why girl. did I just say Girl with the Stars in Her Eyes? It sounds like a, <laughs> it sounds like a Christmas movie from the 1980s. Um, Actually, it's a Christmas movie, movie from last year. It's on the Hallmark Channel. Oh, wow. Okay. I, no, I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding. But it could oh, be that's real. Too bad. I was be. like, ooh, I have my finger on the pulse. Um, anyway, and we have uh, Skull Theme, which is from Chrono Trigger. And this is a piano duet version of it. It is unbelievably gorgeous. For my chill out kind of instrument, my chill out instrument of choice is always piano. So there's something about this that really hits me and it gets so complex and in places simple and just does amazing things with the basic theme uh, from a Chrono Trigger. And I highly recommend it. It's a beautiful tune and it's a great song to relax to. That is a great choice. Mm -hmm. I like that box set a lot in general 
you know, the first two discs are great, but I, I was really glad I ended up picking up the box set because of this disc in particular. So great choice. So let's go close out and listen to some piano. So for myself, for Alana, for Jono, like, thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. See you later.
I may have also stopped and got an Oreo. Which one? You probably don't want me to tell you. Oh, no, it's not, is it? No! No! I'd forgotten about them! No! <laughs> I'm so angry again! I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I want to miss the Oreos.